Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Fridays gonna have you listening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn. Season three, episode eight. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, writer, podcaster, and all-around movie lover. And it's your girl Tajiana here, actress, filmmaker, and teaching artist, lover of all Black stories, Black narratives, Black everything. Welcome or welcome back. Welcome, everybody. This is going to be fun. So this week we're talking about classic capers. So oh, yeah. it's, also, it's so good. Oh, yeah. It's also <laughs> known as heist movies. And they're very special because they're often filled with like cool aesthetics. You have a slick premise and a stacked cast of characters. Um, a classic caper has all of these elements uh, encapsulating them, but elevated with a good storyline and a good setting. So we're going to continue the conversation with playwright and actor Ashley Coe. This is going to be Ashley. Hello, like- hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! This is so be Thank you, Ashley, for saying yes and giving your voice and everything like that this week. Of course, be- anytime, anytime. Another <laughs> APU family member. Yes, yes. Awesome, awesome. I recently did a play fest with Ashley and it was amazing. She wrote an amazing play and it was it was really great. So I'm excited. Yeah, Ashley is dope. We're going to get into it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Let's discuss. So oh. uh, first up, the movie I'm going to talk about is The Italian Job, and this is 2003, directed by F. Gary Gray, and it's available to rent on Amazon Prime. And this is a real classic heist movie. Um, If you don't know the director, he's done so many amazing films like Friday and um, Straight Outta Compton as well. He's a really prolific director. He went to USC, and he's from South Central LA, and, you know, definitely from around the way, and has made such great content like the Italian job. And so after a heist in Venice, Steve, uh, played by Ed Norton, turns on his partners in crime, killing a safe cracker, John Bridger, played by Donald Sutherland, and keeping all the gold for himself. So the rest of the team, including their leader, Charlie Croker, played by Mark Wahlberg, driver Handsome Rob, played by Jason Statham, explosives man, left ear, played by uh, actor and rapper slash poet most deaf and tech geek Lyle played by Seth Green they all vow revenge so they enlist the help of Bridger's daughter Stella played by Charlize Theron and they plot to recover the gold from Steve's Los Angeles mansion so you know you got a lot going on with these characters um, but the movie is super fun and sleek uh, the Mini Cooper stock actually skyrocketed after this movie dropped because they were driving like all souped up Mini Coopers when they're like breaking into the safe and, you know, scouting his place in L.A. I just watched this movie yesterday, actually, <laughs> again. because I was like, I haven't seen this in a while. And it's such a fun, fast paced action with a really good storyline. Everyone wanted a car just like they had in the movies. This got a 73 percent in Rotten Tomatoes. So a lot of people actually enjoyed this. And it's something that everyone can enjoy. You know, you could sit down with the whole family. I know I was, when it first came out, I was like seven or eight years old. 
checking this out. So it's a really good film available to rent on Amazon Prime. So that's the Italian job. My next movie I'm going to talk about is Swordfish. And this came out in 2001, directed by Dominic Sinna. And this is available to rent on Amazon Prime as well. So there exists a world within our world and a world beneath what we call cyberspace. And it's a world protected by firewalls, passwords, and the most advanced security systems. So in this world, we hide our deepest secrets, our most incriminating information, and of course, a whole lot of money. And so this sets up the story, what Swordfish is all about. You have the world's most dangerous spy named Ginger Knowles, played by Halle Berry, our girl. Oh my gosh, love her. Love her. her. Love her. <laughs> Y'all gonna stop clowning my girl. Seriously, she's still talking about her. her. <laughs> you know, she's still- <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop. I hate it. Leave her alone. Hate. My God, y'all should have seen her in John Wick 3. She really came. She came. She came for mm-hmm. our net. It was it was she it was awesome. Oh, so she's hired by the CIA to coerce a computer hacker named Stanley, played by Hugh Jackman, recently released from prison to help steal six billion in unused government funds by a tyrant. Gabriel Shear, played by John Travolta. So this movie is literally, it's all over the place in the best way. Seriously, if you could just tell from the breakdown, it's got all these different characters and all these plots and subplots um, and unexpected plot twist, I should add, that make it so much more entertaining. And this movie, it was on Netflix, but now I guess it's just on Amazon Prime. They dragged this movie. Seriously, it's a classic to me. I don't care if y'all don't like it. It got like 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. So not the best rating, but still, I think it's thoroughly entertaining. I mean, it's a classic. It has all those elements with the setting, the storyline, the characters, a reason behind why they're stealing and dealing with and doing what they're, you know, doing and stuff like that. And I feel like you have to have a reason beyond why you're stealing. Otherwise, it's kind of hard for an audience member to like root for the villain. So you have that in there. Um, Last up. Widows, 2018. So good. Oh, so good. good. Oh my the God. performances, the plots, everything. Hello. Come on now. This is directed by Steve McQueen. It's available to rent on Amazon Prime. So a police shootout leaves four thieves dead during an explosive armed robbery attempt in Chicago. And so their widows, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, there you go. Veronica, played by Viola Davis. Linda, played by Michelle Rodriguez. Alice, played by Elizabeth uh, Debicki and Bell, played by Cynthia Erivo. Hello, stage and screen come through. Have nothing in common except a debt left behind by their spouse's criminal activities. So, hoping to forge a future on their own terms, Veronica joins forces with the other three women to pull off a heist that her husband was planning. The antagonists in this movie consist of dirty politicians. You got gang members, played by Colin Farrell, Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta, Daniel Kalua from Get Out, and he's also going to be in the upcoming Fred Hampton biopic. Super excited to see that. Ooh, I can't wait. It's stacked with power players. It's excellent. I mean, obviously, you got Viola Davis, a queen, obviously. Um, and just the way she holds her own. And, I mean, it, it, everybody came and, and came to bat, and they did an excellent job. I enjoyed how it's action and a crime movie and the sequences, as well as having really good dialogue. It's not just a, you know, fly-by-night type of heist thriller, but it's good. It's got some good stories and some some good truths through lines in that movie. So I saw it opening weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed the twist and uniqueness and Rotten Tomatoes loved it too, y'all. I got 91%. So that's Widows. Check that out if you haven't. Those are my movies this week. Taj, you let them know what yours are. I'm not over Widows. 
I'm not over it. The cast is so strong. Just these women. Anyways. Uh, All right, y'all. My three. So hard because I feel like this is a genre that I definitely don't. It's kind of like a referencing last episode. It's like a guilty pleasure. Like, oh. I don't realize that I like it as much as I do type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, don't advertise. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, it's very interesting. But um, these three, um, y'all are probably all familiar with. Um, the first one, just going to go straight in with Uncut Gems. I mean, what a film. <laughs> this film came out um, Christmas Day last year. And um, if you're not familiar, it's starring um, Adam Sandler. Um, and let me just say that it was it was just a whirlwind. So he um, is in this movie, um, the star. And this uh, film was actually um, distributed by A24. And it is said to be, um, I believe it's A24's um, highest grossing film um, as of now. Um, but if you're not familiar with the plot, um, it goes like this. A charismatic jeweler makes a high stakes bet that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. In a precarious high wire act, he must balance business, family, and adversaries on all sides in pursuit of the ultimate win. So this story um, is very deep. It's very deep. Um, and it shows the complexities that come with gambling, um, that come with um, just people who just rich people who have a lot of money and like who are, you know, balancing like like it says in the log line, like you're balancing your home life while also living this this low key, maybe high key reckless life on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of I love how it kind of humanizes people who are in that type of world. It's very um, it's very refreshing. So I like how they how they did this. I feel like they could have went a more, you know, stagnant way with it or a more traditional way. But even the cinematography really just um, elevated it when whenever, you know, the different characters are um, with each other, just the way that the camera circles around them or the types of close-up shots that they use um, when, you know, highlighting you got your brother-in-law, you got your estranged wife, you have all these different staple characters that bring this plot um to life and make it as deep as it really is um so yeah I really appreciated it um Kevin Garnett is in the movie um it's just a very like (laughs) this film is just like it's random but it's not if that makes sense (laughs) and my favorite Lakeith is in the movie too um yes they have so many so many good um good names attached to this project I feel like I don't know if I'll watch more than once but Mm, yeah it's a lot it's a lot I can't watch that again yeah yeah it's it's a lot (laughs) a lot of people I feel like didn't like it for that reason but I appreciated it because of that like the fact that I didn't it wasn't something that I would gravitate to so there's that um they had a 19 million dollar budget and made 50 million at the box office which is amazing um it actually is on netflix so if you want to watch it it's on netflix um yeah it runs for two hours um it has a 7.4 out of 10 on imdb which is cool and a 92 percent on rotten tomatoes so i i highly suggest watching it um it has multiple nominations and awards so the directors are also the screenwriters as well the safdie brothers josh and benny um so shout out to them for such a dynamic 
movie um, along with Ronald Bronstein. Um, Yeah, this is just like super sporadic. The plot keeps you on the edge of your seat. Um, The ending was the biggest gut puncher. So um, we just stayed in the theaters and just sat there as the credits were rolling. We were like, what did we just watch? (laughs) So um, shout out to Adam Sandler. This is a very interesting film to watch. The weekend was also in it. It's just super outlandish but also refreshing in a weird way so go watch it um if you please um the next film is sleepless which um some of y'all maybe have seen um and it's starring jamie fox um my mom was watching this over and over again and i was like what the heck is this film i I need to watch it um so jamie fox plays vincent downs And so basically he's an undercover Las Vegas police officer and he finds himself caught in a high stakes web of corrupt cops, internal affairs and murderous gangsters. When a failed heist leads to the kidnapping of his teenage son, played by Octavius Johnson, Downs must race against time during a wild and restless night to save him and bring the criminals to justice. Um, This actually came out in 2017. Um, I got to it late, but um, directed by Baran Bo Odar. And the uh, budget was $30 million and it made $32.9 million at the box office. Um, it, it, people didn't really like it. And then you can see by the, the box office numbers, it, it did okay. Um, they it got a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb and a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? I feel like... Mm. I... <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that bad. I saw Sleepless. Like, yeah, I don't think it was that bad. I feel like it was just like another movie just to have, just to watch. Yeah. Um, another action crime thriller, you know. Um, I do like the aspect of um, Jamie Foxx in these type of um, dramatic roles as well. First of all, like, this man is a whole triple threat. Um, like, he's such a talented actor alone. Besides, you know, a musician, like he's he can go, you know, with the comedy and then come back around with the the drama. So I just appreciated um, seeing him in this role. And um, yeah, uh, T.I. is also in the film as well. Um, there's um, some other folks, Gabrielle Union. <laughs> Everybody's oh, like, yeah, that's right, that's right. yeah, she, yeah, she um, plays his um, his girl, um, but. Yeah, it's um I love the action sequence at the end or it's towards the end of the film. I don't want to spoil it, but I love I think it really was a it kept me on the edge of my seat. I I like am very vocal when I watch films and my mom hates it and she's just like shut up, stop screaming. But it was that type of like, oh my gosh, like what's about to happen? Um right. so I really appreciated uh all of them playing a family together in like that whole action sequence. My last film is a classic Colombiana. Come on now. Um, like the, like, I feel like any nineties, um, any nineties baby, this is like our, one of our favorite like action films. I don't know, at least for the women. I don't know. I feel like this is just, I'm so happy to just have this film <laughs> in my like living rent free in my brain, as they say. Yeah. Um, no, I just I love Colombiana so much. I've watched it um, so many times. Um, yeah. Starring Zoe Saldana. Uh, this came out in 2011, actually. Um, and it is set in 1992. Um, and so a little girl who um, is actually played by Amanda Stenberg, who y'all are all familiar with love her 
Um, she watches this crime lord, Don Luis, and his henchman, Marco, murder her parents. 15 years later, the now-grown Catalea, that's her name, who is uh, named for a Colombian orchid, works as a contract killer for her Chicago-based uncle, hilarious, this man, leaving a lipstick drawing of her namesake on every victim. Catalea carries out her assignments with cold, frightening efficiency and dreams of avenging her family. So, you know, people work hard for their family. This is one of those where you're like really rooting for her to do bad because you understand. So it didn't get that great of a rating. I mean, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes as well and 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. But 92% of Google users like this movie. So I don't know what the the official, you know, critic sites versus Google. I don't know. Um, Uh But it's also on Netflix. So so y'all can watch all three of these films on Netflix and um, enjoy yourselves. Our guest, Ashley Coe, is an actor and playwright living in Seattle, making her way through this pandemic the way she makes it through life with lots of pizza and antacids by her side. I love that so much. She's currently working a survival gig and waiting to be able to hug people again. I heard that. I feel that. I too miss human interaction. So welcome, Ashley. Yes. Hello. Happy to be here. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. Oh my gosh. This is so, so great. So exciting. Oh, I love this. I so, cannot wait to hear everything you have to say. I know. Seriously. <laughs> Just like hear her talk and say stuff. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you're going to find out uh, my, my uh, niche, not my niche film, uh, uh, what you call it <laughs> my niche film favorites and yeah. uh mm-hmm. you know how eclectic my tastes are <laughs> love, love, love eclectic that's that's us all Very. day a little bit of dark yeah. over here but it's fine um <laughs> love it love it <laughs> so what would you say is your favorite heist movie yeah when I saw this question in your email I was like I'm I don't know how I'm going to <laughs> how I'm going to whittle it down to my favorites favorite, but right, great so I was like, I'll just go with some of my favorites that are happening right now or in my in my brain, living rent-free. <laughs> what are the ones I think about most often? Um, and yeah, I have to say Ant-Man has always been on my mind, um, which, yeah, technically a heist movie. And I love it. Oh, man. Give me Paul Rudd on anything, even a sandwich, and I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the way that that film is set up with the comedy elements as well as, um, you know, yeah, he is technically like a kind of an anti-hero um, in the very beginning anyway. And you're immediately on his side. I love it. Um, so that's one. Okay. And uh, <laughs> there's also Despicable Me. <laughs> Oh my nice. Oh my god. Obsessed with Despicable Me. I know there's a whole minions, minions hatred crew out there, but uh um, wow. yeah. I never would have thought to even <laughs> say that as a favorite. Despicable me. I know, but it is though. It is a high school. Oh my god, I didn't think of Gru and everything. Oh my god. Yes, that's true. And I love Marvel, so Ant Man is great, but like yes. I didn't think about Despicable Me. That I think that's gonna be my favorite now. Like, oh my gosh, yes, to the top of the list <laughs> where it belongs. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh man. But then lastly, we've got Ocean's Eight. I I know that Ocean's Eight has gotten a lot of flack. Um, you can give me Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, 
Anne Hathaway, uh, Rihanna. You can give me all of these queens in a film and it, uh, it'll automatically be my favorite. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love, it's kind of like what you were saying, Taj, with wanting to see or like being intrigued with films where women are taking care of things in a physical manner. Of course. Um, it's kind of like, I kind of feel that way towards this movie because I feel like I've wanted to see this movie be made for so long or a movie similar to this where it's just like, a team of women, mm-hmm. um, you know, pulling off something huge. <laughs> it's just like, that's the dream, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's so empowering. It is. Yeah, it is so empowering. empowering. It does. It, it's good to, because they don't show that all the time. And I feel like women are just as capable, you know, and it's totally, it, I think we need to see more of that. I know they did it with like the female Ghostbusters, but uh, another heist movie uh, set it off, <laughs> which we've talked about, so. Right. Yes. <laughs> directed, also directed by F. Gary Gray. I should mention that as well. That's, you know. That's the that's key. Yeah. So. Set it off with set it off. <laughs> he really did. He really did. Talk so about I, a female-led film that is like yeah. going to just hit you like that. Like, mm-hmm. films are great. It's so good. I'm ready. I can't wait to go watch this. <laughs> I think that sounds so good. It is. It it's really is. Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it is on Netflix. So, Ashley, if you could create your own heist movie how would it be special or unique you know while still you know making you know a heist movie following the formula um i think it would be interesting to well first i would like to do another one with an all like women x cast Mm -hmm. um or with varied gender expressions uh because i think that that's kind of lacking in the in the heist film um world is just like like all of the genders that are on the spectrum um so i'd like to do that i would also like like a cast that's led by women of color because while oceans eight it was i feel like a very good stepping off point um but our like two like leaders of this whole heist group are still like two uh two white ladies and i think i would like to see uh you know a team that's run by someone a little bit different um so that's one way to make it special i also would like to incorporate some kind of environmental um element into it i think it'd be cool if they were a team of like scientists that like oh i would love to see that yeah yeah, that are like pulling off a heist to like fund their research or to save the planet in some way i think that that'd be really dope (laughs) Um, okay happy right i love all of that because i am really big on like low-key being environmentalist and stuff like that especially when I was little I was like oh recycle recycle and then I when yeah. I was I was trying to start my own like green thumb party planning business and I was like you only use recyclable things <laughs> so I was like seriously into that stuff so I love that idea actually of like scientists that are environmentally conscious like that's yeah. that is genius yes. oh my god as well like it's I think it's very important as we you know have to be environmentally conscious about the planet like even still to this day, like a form of bonding between me and my dad is like taking our recyclables to the like re- recycling center. Yeah. Um, and that since I was in elementary school. So it's just like thinking of ways, how can we help the environment? But like seeing that through a movie in that genre, like you need to write this script. Uh, if you haven't seen the documentary, What the Health, uh, <laughs> uh, I recommend it. It's a very interesting watch. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I know documentaries push narratives, but this is all very like stone cold fact. Like you're you're delivering this all as like stone cold facts. Mm-hmm. So I feel motivated to be vegan. Um, 
But yeah, so it might be because it's coming off of that cuff. But um, yeah, I do. I agree. It's very important. Um, And yeah, the fact that there's a clock in Times Square that's counting down till we have like a global climate crisis. Oh my gosh, I saw that on Instagram. I was like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, I feel very invigorated and like, let's turn this, turn this stuff around. So yeah. So yeah, let's make a heist movie about it. Why not? Come on. <laughs> that sounds like such a great, great idea because I feel like also having those opportunities, making something with more people of color and scientists, you know, people don't know certain opportunities until it's presented to them through different mediums and film is a great medium for them to be able to have access to apply to college or be interested in STEM majoring and things like that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so I am curious, I feel like, my gosh, I feel like I learned so much from you during college, but also in general, um, being somebody who has come, um, before us, I'm just so interested in knowing, um, what is your favorite part of playmaking and that process? (laughs) It's all of it. Um, but I'll start by saying with playwriting, uh, the very like beginning of the process. I love the idea of being able to sit down at a computer and create a world where I make the rules <laughs> or like it's a world that no one else has lived in. You can create the rules and you can push whatever boundaries are set on you in your real life and you can just push them if you want. Um, and I love getting to create characters that I love and admire as well as characters that I find very challenging or that I disagree with mm-hmm. and getting to explore those dynamics as well and seeing the, the characters interact and things. So that's my favorite part of the beginning of the process. <laughs> um, and then going into everything else, I love playing pretend. I think it's the coolest um, well, yeah, I love playing pretend. Uh, so getting to play characters that maybe I ne- wouldn't necessarily view myself as being in real life. Right. Um, so, yeah, getting to play like a doctor or someone who is hyper eloquent or someone who, um, you know, maybe uh, <laughs> lives in a uh, religious a a tiny little religious colony or something like all these interesting characters out there that I wouldn't think that I would ever be or interact with and getting to explore those and live in those bodies and in those stories is just it's incredible um because I like the saying that acting is just one massive exercise in empathy Mm. so I love being able to you know just get to realistic like realistically feel what people could feel in these scenarios that are presented in plays and in in film scripts and things so I love that I love getting to empathize with all different kinds of people um and yeah I also I love the costume design and set like design process as well that's something that is integral to who I am I feel like as a person because as a kid I went from playing with Barbie dolls and like creating stories there to wanting to write um skits for my friends on that I like lived near um so I would like write skits or find plays online 
I would design costumes, hair, makeup, just out of stuff that I had in my house or in my friends' houses or whatever. And we would put on these little plays. Um, and that was before I had ever done any kind of like community theater or any kind of a play at all. I just like wanted to make a thing because <laughs> um, I had seen seen like a recorded musical or seen a movie and was like, wow, that's really cool. I kind of want to make something like that. So then we would just make it happen and try our best. And it was <laughs> really like dinky and, you know, like childlike, but it was just so much fun getting to create. So it's something that feels very integral to me or like it's, it's, it's just like in me and I want to do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I um, loved it. Beautiful. I love it. It's like you're in love with art. I feel the same way, like just in love with that whole process and just, yeah, you, you know, that's what we learned in acting school, right? Is like not judging the characters because it's like these are also real people. So like learning how to empathize with every type of person who we are connected to in some way in this world. Like even when you approach a character, you're like, I don't know nothing about being a doctor, but I know <laughs> yeah. what it's like to like you know, want to save somebody though. I know what it's like to, you know, be practicing something that I'm good at or be, you know, I know what it's like to be a caretaker for somebody. So there's different ways to, that we can all relate to each other. And, you know, it, you know, goes in alignment with the statement, we're more alike than we are different. Um, I feel like that's a lot of what is, is brought to the work of acting. Do you have, um, or I guess what advice would you give um, to your younger actor self. Well, thank you for all those accolades also. Yes, of course. You're awesome. My heart's so fuzzy. Um, <laughs> but as far as advice for my younger self, I have two. Um, so the first one would be stop doubting yourself. Like the sooner you doubt yourself, the more opportunities there will be for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I... Uh, when I was in school, when we were all in school, and when I was immediately post-grad, I had so much doubt about my ability to to act or like put all the technique that I had just learned into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there were a lot of interesting opportunities that were kind of thrown my way that I like passed on because I didn't think I was going to be able to pull it off. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, I... I yeah, yeah. Luckily, I mean, I've got a lot of life to live. Only twenty five, so we've got right. <laughs> a lot of still young, to go. still babies. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if I could encourage myself to doubt myself, to not doubt myself sooner, mm-hmm. uh, I yeah, that's immediately the first round of advice. And the second bit of advice that I would give myself is that you don't have to take the path that is so clear cut or the path that um, everybody else is taking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would give that advice to high school me. In high school, I thought that I was uh, someone who was like required to go to college. Like I thought that that was like the only way to go, Mm -hmm. the only way that there was to do. And while I did get a lot of awesome experiences out of it, I think that I could have there were several other paths that I could have gone down that maybe would have like made my loan debt a little bit less or, um, you know, kind of like given me a little bit better of a jumping off point into the industry. Um, Because now I'm like, I've got all these student loans that I have to pay back and like, I have to make sure that I have a job that'll like afford me enough money to live, um, pay bills as well as pay back my student loans and things like that. So I think there were a couple of other paths that I didn't even think were options 
and didn't consider at all. So I think I would tell my younger self, like, I know it seems like this is like the clear cut and this is absolutely the path that you have to go on, but maybe do a little bit of research or like, see if there's any other ones that you maybe could go down. (laughs) Um, that, that to say, I do not regret my time in college. I think I learned a lot and a lot of good information that I am currently using in just my day to day. Um, but yeah, I, I think that would just be it just to be sure that I explore all of the paths before choosing, choosing one. So, right. cause you don't want to like pigeonhole yourself. You want to make sure that you have those, those freedoms and those options. And I, I, I love that you said it. Cause I feel like we all fall short. Me, especially like we tell ourselves no before you even try certain things sometimes, you before know, you even and get a chance. You're like, Oh, I can't do that. And you're always putting limitations on yourself, you know, and Definitely. that doesn't help anybody. You're only hurting you, you know, and, Absolutely. you know, yeah. and some people say you can't do that. or You can't do this. And a lot of times when people say you can't do something. That's because they couldn't do it. They couldn't make it. So they're trying to tell you, Oh, yes. you can't do that. You know what I mean? Somebody yeah. says that ship has sailed. Well, get out and paddle. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> do something. Look. Don't just they want they that. want you to stay down there with them and sorry <laughs> for yourself so that they have, you know, misery loves company, right? So they they okay. love that. But you know, there's so many people who are less qualified than you are who just had that self-confidence. Yeah. The worst thing that happens is you suck. And then and in that case, there's things you can fix. Like right. like the worst, just get worse. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you tried. At least you actually tried. Yeah something you know yeah you try something new it doesn't work because you have to at the same time know your limitations but you won't know them unless you go out and try and be like oh wait okay I can't do that you know (laughs) you know so you have to you have to have that that's that's beautiful wow I love that thank you guys so much for listening um tune in next week we will be letting the line lead by oh yeah it's gonna be so good y'all I'm so excited for this episode We're going to be discussing movies with great dialogue. You know, films with really good dialogue can warm the heart or they can wreck your soul, depending on the content. And we'll be discussing this with a very special guest. So please tune in next week. Feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop or on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow me on Instagram at Tajiana Okechuku or on Twitter at Tajiana Tweets. Yes, all one word, all lowercase. And Ashley, let them know how they can stay up to date with you. Oh, yes, wow. Yes. yourself. <laughs> um, well, there are two options. You can follow me at either I Wish You a Rose on Instagram or at The Chronic Euphoria on Instagram, my new uh, art-based Instagram account where I will be posting more updates on, on playwriting and uh, kicking off some kind of uh, YouTube career, hopefully. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Awesome. I love that. And, you know, as well, you guys, you know, you've seen on our Instagram post for this week, our lovely photo and all of that, all of our handles, social media handles there. So you can follow her there and check that out. Thank you all for listening. See you all next week. Peace.